Hi, Darcy. Hi. This is weird because you're right in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, hi. I'm in Minneapolis whoop, visiting whoop. Darcy in in the flesh. In the flesh. Darcy, you're like right here. You're I can real. Touch you. You're real. I can touch you. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is awesome. We're going to go ice fishing today. Yay. Driving on a lake. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. I hope that you guys get scared. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I really hope that, like, Sue is in the car and she's like, oh, this is scary. But I don't think that'll happen because that's not how Sue is. No. It's not how you are at all. No. Like, no, you're not the kind to be like, this is scary. You're gonna be like, this is fucking badass. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I have a gift for you. What? Um, I mean, I'm sure you kind of know what this is, but um, I was supposed to send this to you and I kept forgetting <laughs> Oh, right. <laughs> she just opened it and she's like, oh, my God. I'm like, this is oh fitting God. because Sue brought her new bow with for this trip. Yes. You have to open it and tell the people what it is. Yes, I already know what it is. I don't have to open it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is fitting since we were kind of talking about this stuff last week. So or funny. On our oh, last right. episode. Yes, because we were talking about About sex. sex and sex toys. Yeah, this is... um. It's like a you could do it with couples or alone, but yeah. it's a it's a remote control vibrator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you can connect it to your phone and use your like. So, um, it says, "Can you hold the moan?" Yeah. <laughs> as soon as I saw a moan, I was like, "Oh, I know what this is." <laughs> I think I think it's been kind of a trend, like in like the TikTok world, for people to like put this vibrator in their panties and then like oh, go right. to the grocery store and let their boyfriend try to like just fuck with them. Yeah, yeah I think I saw that like in an episode of like. Sex put me in the ER. Oh. <laughs> so don't. Like, don't do it in the grocery store. No, no, no. Um, Definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not. So about time. And I kind of like this one. Oh, so. so you tried it out? No. I'm No, your boy, I mean. Like, oh, I oh, like oh. him. So I'm like, you can have something oh, yeah. for couples now. So I got Darcy's approval. Mm-hmm. And later on, I will meet date, um, Darcy's beau. And we'll, we'll just, you know, reconvene. Yeah. <laughs> privately. Yeah. I mean, I hope you like him because I'm moving in with him. So. I know. I, I mean, judging from what, you know, you've told me about him, I already like him. And then I got really high one night and accidentally friended him on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I like texted Darcy. I was like, I think I just friended your boyfriend. And you're like, that's fine. Yeah. And I'm like, but I don't remember doing it. I don't remember like. When did I do this? And then he immediately accepted, and now we're Facebook friends. And yeah. He comments on all my stuff. Yeah, he loves <laughs> I think that he, like, really needs Sue's approval, because he comments on, like, everything, on everything. that you post. Yeah. Like, everything. <laughs> and I love it. Like, it makes me happy. Cause it's, it's very like, cute. That means that, like, it's important to him that my friends like him. Right. Because he knows how important my friends are to me. So, yeah. kind of like how I feel with his kids. Like, it's really important to me that... I mean, obviously, there's going to be moments that his kids don't like me, and that's how kids are. Like, you know, right? when I'm making them go to bed when they don't want to, of yeah. course, you're going to get a, I hate you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but um, no, like, it's really important to me that his kids overall, like, like me and feel good about me. So, and I think he feels that way about my friends, because my friends are my family. So. Yeah. Your chosen family. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. I was just saying that on the way um, west here. Yeah. I was going to say up here and I'm like you're not. Yeah, you guys drove 18 hours. Like you've been <laughs> dating for a month. Yeah. And you drove 18 plus hours together. together. Yeah. How did it go? It went really well. Yeah. Like, surprisingly, I feel like everything leading up to this just was easy. Mm-hmm. Um you know, as I've mentioned in previous episodes, like I've been I started app dating back in October and it's just been very anxiety ridden the entire time. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. I've texted you and I'm like, oh my God, what does this mean? Yeah. What, why is he saying this? Or like, I would screenshot and send you and you're like, oh, you know, it's probably this. Like, oh, that's probably not good. <laughs> but like, I didn't get that with him. Right. Because I kind of didn't really share too much with what was going on between us. Like with you and the, you know, the girl group, like our first wives club. So, uh-huh. um, I didn't have that level of anxiety, so it, it was just, like, easy. Yeah. yeah. And that's how it should be. Like, it's – you don't realize it till you find that. Like, it's one of those things that you don't get it till you get it. Right. Um, and Everyone. I – 
it took me 37 years to get it. Like, yeah. that. oh, it's supposed to be easy like this. Like, a healthy relationship, and I read this in a book somewhere, like one of those self-help books, that, like, a healthy relation, and I wish I could credit the author, but, you know, a healthy relationship takes effort, not work. Right. And, you know, when you get to where you're having more bad days than good days as a couple, like, that's a sign. Yeah. And, and you're having to work at it. You know, yeah. and it shouldn't it shouldn't feel that way. Like right. you might have a bad day. We all have bad days once in a while. Everybody has a bad day. Every couple has a bad day. But in the end, it should just it should feel easy. And, and putting effort in is is easy as well, because you love this person and you want to do nice things for them and you want to make them happy. And they do the same for you because they love you. So they right. do things that they know make you happy because they love you. Yeah. If it feels like it's work. If it's like, oh, man, I have to work really hard to think about what might make this person feel good in our relationship. And every day I have to put thought into this and, you know, work at it. Then that's not necessarily a good thing, in my opinion. It should just be easy. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. I'm at almost a year and it's still really freaking easy. And I tell people that we haven't had a fight and people are always like, oh, that's not a good thing either. That could mean you have communication issues. And I'm Mm -hmm. like... It's not that we're swallowing the things that we're upset about. It's right. not that we're like burying it. It's just that it doesn't turn into an explosive fight you when we have conflict. It. Yeah, so we do anything, have conflict. Yeah. If anything, the communication is great because yeah. you're actually saying like, hey, I don't like this or yeah. I felt this way because of X, Y, Z. And then you're able to be like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, then work we, it out. we had a thing. Um, I'm just going to talk about this because I think we're going to go through our list today pretty quickly. But um we did have a conflict very recently. It mm-hmm. was, um, and it was me being like my silly inner child was flipping out and I was re- responding to a trigger, a trauma trigger. Um, but I'd been out of town for like four days visiting my mom and I got back on a Monday and Mondays are usually like, you know, most, I think most people are tired at the end of a Monday. Usually Mondays are like the day we take off from each other, but I really wanted to see him because I'd been out of town And he had taken the kids to school in the morning. He had just finished a long weekend alone with the kids without my help. And then he had to work on, it's a Monday, so it's like playing catch up. And then he had a bunch of errands to run after work. And then you and I were going to record, or no, we did our Instagram live. Yes. And I had been like, maybe I could come over after the Instagram live and just come stay the night. Like, Mm -hmm. just come sleep with you. I just want to see you, right? And... Like, I wasn't necessarily that clear in my communication. I was just like, maybe I come over and stay the night after. And he was like, you know, I'm really tired. I've had a really long day. I'm really exhausted from the weekend with the kids. Maybe we just wait until tomorrow Mm -hmm. to hang out. And I played it cool. I was like, okay, no problem. (laughs) But inside, I was like, what? Like, how could you not want to see me? Like, it's been (laughs) like four days. Like, I was... Like, really flipping out. Like, my anxious attachment style was triggered. My abandonment wound was triggered. Everything was triggered. And inside, I was freaking out. But I did take the time to self-soothe that night and not flip out at him. And then the next morning, I let him know. I said, you know, last night really brought up some insecurities for me. Mm -hmm. And then we just had a conversation about it. And he was like, you know, I'm really sorry that I hurt you. I didn't. That was not my intention at all. And... He's like, I, I under, I don't want to invalidate your feelings, mm-hmm. but I don't think we have anything to worry about, but let's talk about this. Like, so I let him know how it made me feel and the things I was afraid of. And, mm-hmm. um, cause I was like, it seemed like you needed space. And if you need space and we're moving in together, how's that going to work? Gonna yeah. Um, that makes me really scared. And he was like, I didn't need, like, he actually never used the word space until I did. Oh. I noticed. Um, and he's like, I never, it's not that I really needed space from you. I don't know how to, he's like, I don't know how to explain that. Like, right. I mean, we just, we talked it out yeah. and nobody got mad or angry mm-hmm. and it was fine. That's great. Yeah. And I feel better. And yeah, like, I get it now. Cause I'm just like, he wasn't like, I have days like that where I'm like, I really want to see my boyfriend, but I also don't feel like showering. Right. <laughs> I have to put forth effort. Yeah, and it doesn't mean anything about him. It doesn't say anything bad about him. I just literally don't want to leave my couch right now. Right, Like, to get in my car and drive to go see him. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that's how he felt. But anyway, so, yeah, it's not like we don't have conflict. We do. And we just talk it out and nobody gets angry. 
Yeah. You know, I'm sure we'll have moments where we get angry. I'm sure we will. Um, but we've also discussed that and laid ground rules for how we want to behave when we are angry. Right. Um, and I've like I've made it very clear there's things I will not tolerate. Mm-hmm. And he's told me some things he will not tolerate, okay. you know, when we do get angry. So that's a good know, discussion. But it, it's easy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We talked about I like need to have that. We had the it was a boundaries in conflict conversation. That's great. Yeah. It was really good. That's so healthy. <laughs> I'm like, that's so I healthy. <laughs> I mean, I brought it up because I'm the one that's like done all this work, right? So, yeah. Um, no, but I mean, he was like, yeah, this is a really good conversation. And it made him really think about it because he's like, there's a lot of things that I've been through that I don't ever want to have repeat. But right, one right. thing for him is that like he doesn't ever want to do the go sleep on the couch thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that I think that really does alienate one person from the relationship and then um there's a shift in power dynamic too yeah and there should never really be too much of a power dynamic between couples unless like you're into that kind of stuff you know no yeah no i agree that's a good way of putting it the power dynamic because i was the way i told him i was like i agree because it's almost like a form of punishment. It is. It's and like being put on it's time like, out. Yeah, it's like being put on time out. And you're right. It's like the power dynamic. Yeah. So the person that gets to sleep in the bed is the person in power. Right. Where the person that's sleeping on the couch is like the scolded child. Or exactly. dog house. You're in the dog house. Right. right? And it's like, no, that's, that's I think not it okay. triggers like childhood wounds if you do that too. Mm-hmm. And then it no longer becomes like a romantic relationship. It becomes like a parent and child relationship yeah. and that can get really gross and yeah. like tricky. Yeah. yeah. And and I told him, I said, you know, if we're in a place where we don't, if we're so angry, cause we also talked about going to bed angry. Right. Like right. It, how do you feel about the don't go to bed angry, like I old rule. A... And we're both like, you know, sometimes it's good to sleep on it. Like sometimes it it's good to just like, like me the other night, like yeah. I had to process some of those feelings myself. Right. And recognize what was just me playing out my childhood trauma or my previous relationship trauma and what were actual real concerns about the relationship. Right. Um, so that I didn't just like blow unload, up at him and yeah. unload all this like personal stuff that maybe isn't his responsibility to deal with. You right. know, I mean, he knows about my traumas, but of he also doesn't have to carry them for me. No. Um, and he's supportive. Like I did share with him. I was like, I kind of went through some stuff last night, you know, with some of my previous trauma, but mm-hmm. that's not yours to deal with. Here's the stuff I'm actually concerned about. Um, anyway, but we talked about it and I was like, you know, if we are to a point where one of us is like, I just don't even want to sleep with you tonight. Yeah. Then that's something maybe we do need to like at least calm down a little bit. Right. So that we can get to where we can sleep together. But other than that, like I'm fine with sleeping on some feelings. Like, Yeah. I think it always, I mean, even my mom's like, just sleep on it, you know, mm-hmm. like she's like, it's a new You tell me tomorrow. that all the time. Like when I'm yeah. flipping out and texting you, you're like, maybe it would be good to sleep on it tonight. Because <laughs> well, like, you know, everything is better in the morning. Even mm-hmm. if things aren't actually better, your your head is just clearer. Yeah. You can think clearly. You just got some rest. Um, you know, mm-hmm. obviously drink water, coffee, however uh-huh. you like to spend your morning. But right. it does give you a more logical approach because at nighttime, you do get like a little delirious and then you're basing everything on emotion and you're basing everything on like your current mood, which right. is not always great. Like you're mm-hmm. probably tired. You're probably cranky. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like yeah. the cranky child. And you're and you're triggered in that moment. So it's like you you're having that like tantrum. Right. And it's like you need to have that tantrum. Play it out. In your head or mm-hmm. by yourself or whatever. Let it play out and then look back and go. It's it's just like a kid that's throwing a tantrum. Like you let them throw the tantrum. Exactly. And then you take them aside and you say, okay, let's talk about this. What were you really mad about? Yeah. Were you really mad that you didn't get the Play-Doh or were you mad that you just didn't get what you wanted? Right. <laughs> Well, they're saying like anger is Mm -hmm. a, um, it's a very primitive emotion where usually there's an underlying emotion beneath the anger. And if you can Mm -hmm. figure that part out and like wonder why, why are you angry right now? Like, are you actually angry or are you sad or are you, you know. Are you feeling abandoned? Right. Are you feeling like someone didn't love you enough in that moment? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I, I get to see all that with the four little kids, that I <laughs> especially the youngest. Oh, my gosh. He yeah. just goes straight to anger every time. But I have learned that. He can't process it yet. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's little. He's eight. 
And he also, at six years old, you know, saw his parents go through a divorce. Right. And it was tumultuous. That's all I'm going to say. Like, we don't need to share their details. But, I mean, he was traumatic. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, he definitely, it all boils down to a need for attention and a fear of being ignored or left behind. Right. And so, Aww. like, when he gets angry, Poor like, baby. it just helps to just hold him. Right. And he'll sit there and he'll scream and he'll thrash, but you just hold him until he yeah. calms down. And then just give him loads of attention, right? And he call, and it's like he needs night and to day. know that you're not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I could talk Aww. about the littles forever, um, but yeah. So we should probably move on to our topic for this week. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to finally um, finish, finally our finish our C-Red series. Yeah. series, yeah, C Red series, and this is also our season finale. So we're going to take a little bit of a break after this, yes, um, just to kind of do some planning for season two and make sure that we have you know some real direction and some good quality content for for everyone. So right, stay tuned to our Instagram for the launch date for season two. This will be our season Woo-hoo. finale. We will be back for oh, season yeah. two. Absolutely, we just um, want to make sure that we make it really quality for everyone. So um, C Red. Episode three, red flags <laughs> twenty one through thirty. Yep, um, final, yeah, last hurrah. Yeah, so twenty one is cracks in their mask. Oh, and also before we get started, once again, we have to credit that these are the red. If you haven't listened um, to the previous episodes, the one before this um, is a fun one about sex, but the two before that are the first two episodes of this. So um, really great to go back and listen to those. This will still be fine if you haven't listened to them, but um, there are 20 other (laughs) red flags that we go over. So 21 is cracks in their mask. And for me, the one that really stands out in this and cracks in their mask means like you're going to see that they're like this great person and they're this great partner, but then little moments will cross where it's like, Oh, there's something really wrong with this person. There's something really broken in this person where they don't have empathy or they have too much anger or they are dishonest. Like it's a Mm -hmm. big, like it's a big break between like normal person to like, Oh, there's like evil in there. There's evil in there. And also like you see, um, who they really are shining through mm-hmm. and not the persona that they put mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Like in the public eye or even maybe to you, like in the beginning, they're like, oh, I'm this knight in shining armor. I'm like this amazing person. And then you see little bits of like, oh, that doesn't actually coincide with who you really are. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of imagine it like in my mind's eye, it's almost like the devil in the movie where it's like there's this perfect like person and they're like wearing this like body like human suit basically (laughs) and then like all of a sudden there's like a crack and you see the demon behind that mask and it's like this like evil demon so for me the one that really stands out obviously there were many across like across the entire relationship but the one that really stands out is the day that I found out about the last affair the one Mm -hmm. that broke the marriage um and I was broken and crying on the floor and couldn't breathe, couldn't eat, could like felt sick to my stomach. And I was just sitting there like crying and sobbing and rocking myself and asking him like, what, why did you do this? What have you done? How could you do this to us? You right. know? And he was sitting there on the edge of the bed and he looked at me and goes, are you done? Oh. I need to go back to sleep. Oh my God. And just rolled over and went to sleep. And it's like, what kind of evil would be in there for you to be able to have that lack of empathy? The person who you love is having basically the equivalent of a nervous breakdown mm-hmm. right in front of you. Right. And you just roll over and go to sleep. Right. And it's not just a nervous breakdown. It's something you've caused. Right. Yeah. That's a big old crack in the mask. What about you, Sue? When have you seen it? Um, I don't know if I mentioned this in the previous episode, but the... So, like, I think my narcissist was more of a covert one. And, like, to everyone else, um, this person, you know, like, cared about humanity. They care about political issues. They care about, you know, like, homelessness. And they have, like, a lot of things that they're openly um, caring about. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how genuine it is or, you know, whatever the case may be. But I know feminism was one of them. Mm-hmm. And then it was always, like, kind of used against me in, like, a very covert and, like, indirect way. But 
and be like, oh, yeah, I'm all for this. I'm all for pro-choice and I'm all for, you know, like women being equal and this and that and this and that. Mm -hmm. But then the actions were never matching the words that would come out of his mouth. So I think I mentioned in the previous episode with the joking, like, oh, you got jokes, like women can't be funny. Yeah. That and like um, just like kind of like downplaying things that I would say in like a group setting, like Mm -hmm. amongst our friends, like in public. I noticed that that would be like a common theme where I would just get played. Yeah. Like I would just kind of be, it was very condescending. Yeah. And I'm like, if you truly were a feminist and you really did believe that I was your equal, like why would you treat me this way? Yeah. He would lift you up instead of tear you down. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Mine did that too. He was always like such a, oh, I'm a feminist. I I support women's rights and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And it's like. But do you? But do you? Because you're out there hurting women left and right like not only was he hurting me right but he's hurting the other women like they're they're his targets as well and hurting them like there's times that I kind of do feel bad for the girl that he left me for because I'm like she's gonna go through it all as well like Mm -hmm. she's gonna be hurting someday yep if she's not already you know but she's not my problem either because she also did what she did so anyway (laughs) 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 let's not spend too much time there um 22 easily bored oh my gosh like he would tell me that I was boring all the time. Right. Like, he'd be like, oh, all you ever want to do is talk about work and watch TV. And I'd be like, well, I'd love to do other things. Yeah. Like, let me know. I'll be there. Right. Or then, like, I would go do stuff with him. Like, we'd go to a show. And afterwards, he'd be like, you're no fun at shows. Like, you just seem like you're, like, not even having fun. Yeah. And it kind of gave me a complex about, like, feeling like I'm boring or not any fun to be around. And I'm realizing that's not true. It was just to tear me down. But, yeah, he was always like, oh, I'm so bored. But he never had suggestions of what to do. It was always my fault that he was bored. But he couldn't come up with anything to do either or to talk about different than my work or whatever. (laughs) I'm like, I only talk about work because literally you don't talk. Like... What else am I supposed to talk about? It's like a topic of conversation. Like you talk about your day and then it's like a back and forth, like a normal couple. Yeah. No, he'd just be like, all you ever do is talk about work. And I listen, listen, listen. But you never listen to me. I'm like, Uh, talk. Yeah. I'm here. But (laughs) anyway, I'm sure he had nothing to contribute because, you know, for a while he wasn't working. So it's like, uh, like, how was your day? Oh, I laid on the couch and then I went to the bathroom and then I laid on the couch some more. (laughs) It's like pandemic life but yeah. before the pandemic right <laughs> then i went to the fridge yeah <laughs> um what about you do you have anything on easily Same bored you. like yeah i just hear i'm so bored like all the time like if we were just staying at home and like it was rare i think i mentioned before that he was just never home so mm-hmm. it was rare for him to be home so when he was home he would just be like i'm bored yeah i'm bored i don't want to do this i don't want to do this and i'm like okay so what do you want to do and Never suggested a date night. It would no. always be like, no, well, I'm going to go to this show because um, so-and-so invited me and has a plus one or yeah, um, I'm getting comped a ticket for X, Y, Z, so I'm going to go. Yeah. And like, it was never like to include me. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, oh, oh you're, hell. Not, you're not going to like it anyway. Oh, you're not going to like them yeah. anyway. Like, you're I'm gonna... supposed to be your ride or die. Like, right. let's do something together. Well, also, maybe I didn't like going because I just... I felt out of place every time mm-hmm. and it wasn't like, I don't know. He said he didn't want to put forth the work to kind of mesh the two worlds well, together. And also he didn't want to lift you up. Like his main goal was to devalue you and keep you down, you yeah. know, just like we were talking about the feminism thing, like, yeah, you know, those little jabs, those. And so bringing you along would put you as at, at too much of his level. Right. Like it, like, he would perpetuate the FOMO, mm-hmm. like the fear of missing ah. out, like make you feel like you're missing out. And mm-hmm. like, I think that's like a, a tactic also, because yeah. then it kind of ropes it you It makes in. you step up, like almost yeah. in a competitive way, like almost right. kind of like a triangulation, but using like events and yes. activities to triangulate you. Rather than a person. Yeah. Yeah. Like dangling that carrot. Hmm. Yep. Which actually brings us to. Number 23. <laughs> Number 23. <laughs> triangulation. Um, so I was actually going to, I, I know we've talked about triangulation because it kind of um, is parallel to a lot of the other red flags. But um, I looked it up as like 
because there's a lot of like different a definition. Yeah, a, a yeah. definition. This was on Wikipedia. So triangulation refers to a form of splitting in which one person manipulates a relationship between two parties by controlling communication between them. It may manifest itself as a manipulative device to engineer rivalry between two people, also known as divide and conquer or playing one against another. And I feel like mm-hmm. the form of triangulation that I experienced especially was um, that divide and conquer, the rivalry. Like right. he loved to create that rivalry because it fed his need for attention as a narcissist. It became right. that narcissistic supply and he would get it and it would elevate it on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think I've mentioned it before. Like many of his affair partners yeah. were actually people that he had brought into the relationship and made to be friends with me. Right. Um, like the first one that I really remember was even before we were engaged and he like met this girl on Facebook, like Facebook was brand new Mm -hmm. and we were in a different town. We didn't have a lot of friends yet in that area. And he met this girl on Facebook and, Oh, turns out like we all work together and he started spending time with her and hanging out with her. And, um, And then, like, he'd bring her, like, we'd go to a party or something, and he would invite her to come. And so, like, he kind of manufactured a relationship between the two of us as well. And I could tell that there was something inappropriate happening, so it made me step up my game. Right. And then she stepped up her game to compete with me. Right. And I finally put an end to it. Like, I took her aside, and I was like, this is so not okay. Yeah. Like, he and I have been together for three years. Yeah. And she and I ended up having, like, a really good talk. Wow. And she backed the hell off. Wow. Um, That's unexpected. And obviously, like, he and I ended up having a lot of fights during the course of this. Like, well, we had yeah. tons of, like, I remember this was the one time that I physically did something to him. I was trying to leave. Like, I oh. packed a bag and I was trying to leave. Yeah. And he was physically blocking me from leaving. And he had his arm in front of the door. Yeah. And like was phys- and I was screaming, let me go. Like, just let me go. I want to get out of here. I don't know if I'm going to leave, 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 but I just need to get out of here for the night. Like, it was so explosive. I needed to get out. Right. And he was blocking me and I bit his arm. Oh, my like- God. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, get your arm out of my way. God damn it. <laughs> expecting yeah that. I oh like, <laughs> i bit his arm like i br- i didn't break the skin but i br- he was bruised for a couple of Whoa. days where i bit him but he it was like i was pushed to that level i'm right. not proud of that by any means like that's never okay and right. we were so young like i think we were 22 and well you reach a threshold and they know how to get you there they mm-hmm. know how to exceed that threshold and they yeah. they push all the fucking right buttons yeah and he was i was yeah. just like please just get out of my way let me go let me go let me go like yeah. i just wanted to get it was being it was so explosive and so toxic i needed to get out of there wow and he wouldn't let me like he physically would not let me run I, my fight or flight was triggered i was trying to flight wow. <laughs> i couldn't flight so i fought yeah <laughs> but no, anyway that's so that's true. just an example of triangulation like it creates this like at parties like we're vying for his attention and right. even like through text messages and things like that and um and that happened all the time like all the time i could list probably 10 women that i consider friends oh my god that were also probably at least given the opportunity to be affair partners. Right. Um, one of them actually flat out told me that she's like, Darcy, I never, I never brought this up because I did, I figured it was a one-off and I didn't want it to ruin your marriage. Right. And she's like, but you know, when I, she was friends with him before she was friends with me before she knew me Mm -hmm. and they had spent time together. And then he brought her, back to our place because like they she she didn't know (laughs) like he was like want to go back like to my place and hang out a little more and they like came back to where we lived yeah and he brought her in the door and he was like shh be quiet you're gonna wake up darcy and she was like who the fuck is darcy (laughs) (laughs) and he was like oh my girlfriend because this was before we were married of course and this is a totally different girl and um and he was like oh my girlfriend and she was like oh this isn't happening like, this isn't happening then if you have a girlfriend. What and the fuck? she was like, We're just gonna be friends now. And she set a strong boundary and was like, I will be friends with you, but this is not gonna be a thing. And then she met me subsequently yeah. and 
um, never like I I knew I remember her and I and obviously I remember her like we're still friends to this day. Right. Um, but I remember at that time meeting her and not feeling threatened. Like I did not feel threatened at all by her. Yeah. And like oh. I knew there was something weird with him with her. Right. But as a human, I never felt like that need to compete with her. I love and it's when because women are she like was that. and it's because she had set that boundary and I could sense it. Yeah. Well, I love it when women protect each other mm-hmm. because like at the end of the day we are all we have for each other because like it's like the world is always against us you know society and you know living in a patriarchal society in general and like the reason why we even have feminism is because like we're taught to cut each other down or to mm-hmm. compete with each other and I, I think that's like you know I'm hoping that the new, the later generation and our generation on kind of sees that for what it is and mm-hmm. then you know I think we're I think we're doing pretty well trying to like we're getting you know, better. Fix it. Yeah. yeah. We're getting better. Yeah. Like <laughs> women empowering, empowering women. Like I always use that hashtag for all of our socials because I, yeah. I truly believe in it. Like I don't yeah. want to compete with the woman next to me. No. Or anyone. Should never have to feel that way. Right. No. But also another red flag that you mentioned is that you moved to a new town and the first thing he did was befriend a woman. He always said that he only got a, he doesn't get along with guys. He always used the excuse of that's a red flag. I don't really get along with guys that much. Like I just get along better with girls. I have like a big brother complex, so I love taking like a girl under my wing and helping her. Like oh my god, no. like he had me so manipulated into believing that. Like so that's a problem, and it's also a red flag when you meet a woman who's like, I don't have girlfriends. I only make friends with guys. Yeah, because those are the type of women who compete with other women. They exactly. see other women as a threat. As threat. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So those two things, like I have an issue with both of those types of people, like mm-hmm. who just only befriend one gender. Yeah. Because they feel like that's the only thing that they can do. And mm-hmm. I think it's because that's the only thing that they feel as though they can control. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, you're right. That would, right off the bat, I would have been like, so you went and you just fucking befriended a, a woman mm-hmm. from Facebook, nonetheless. Yeah. Like, no. Fuck yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Like, why can't you find town? people? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he always played it as like, oh, I'm just such the sensitive, emotional type. And I get along better with women because they're more emotional and sensitive. And oh, fuck that. like, I <laughs> bought it hook, line and sinker like over the years. But obviously it became a huge frustration. Yeah. Obviously. Because I was like, well, you're only friends with women. But it kind of seems like there's something going on with all those women. Right. So if you can't relate to your own, like. You know, I, I don't want to talk about genders because obviously there's non-binary and, like, it's on a spectrum. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you can't relate to your own type, yeah. then there's something wrong. There's something wrong. Yeah. There's something terribly wrong. Yeah. Like, what, what's what's going on? Yeah. 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 <sighs> All right. Number 24. <laughs> Moving on. Um, covert abuse. So... Um, I think for me, I wrote down, I wrote a little note that I put up with it because it wasn't physical. So, right. Um, covert Which most ab- people do. Yeah. yeah. Cover- and especially covert abuse. Like there's outward emotional abuse, like overt emotional abuse where someone might yell at you and call you a bitch and tell you you're stupid and tell you, tell you you're worthless, like outright say those things. Right. But then there's the covert abuse. That's more like, Sue, you were talking about how like he'd say, oh, you got jokes. Yeah. Like, women can't be funny. That's covert abuse. It's, it's like, that's not like, yeah. like, writing that sentence down saying, oh, you got jokes. Like, that's not outwardly abusive. No, it's not. But when you put it in context of, like, he continually did this to undermine my confidence in myself, that is abuse. Right. Um, and mine did the same. It was very covert. Like, right. initially in the beginning, it was more overt. And I yeah. wouldn't stand for it. I wouldn't allow it. Right. And, like, when he called me a slut that one time and I was Mm -hmm. like, you don't get to call me a slut. If you ever do that again, we're done. Right. And he never did. Like, he never called me names really again after that. I think maybe once or twice in 13 years he might have called me a bitch in a Mm -hmm. big big fight or something. But, um, yeah, like, he he then went to covert. So it was like, I'm never going to, like, call you names or, like, call you stupid. But things like... I, I love reality television. Mm-hmm. I love, you know what? I'm proud of it. I love reality <laughs> television. I love that nasty, like, 
drama, like <laughs> cheap trash. Like give yeah. it to me. I wish that Jerry Springfield was still on. Like I would watch that shit. <laughs> Jerry and, like, Springer. Or Jerry Springer. Yeah, that's what it was. Springfield, whatever. Um, yeah, like I love that shit. Like yeah. give me a bowl of popcorn and a white claw and I will watch me some trash TV. I am proud of it. But I used to love like The Voice and The Bachelor and things like that. And I still kind of do. But um, he would shame me for it. Like he'd be oh. like, "Why do we? Why do you watch that? It's so stupid. It's r- killing brain cells for you to watch that. Like oh, only stupid people like that kind of TV. Like people that like that TV are really stupid. Like so. It's like he's not saying, "Hey, you're stupid." He's saying people that watch it's that like are a stupid. Way of yeah, that. yeah, yeah, very covert. Yeah. So I know you have a ton of a ton of examples of co- covert I mean, I abuse do, too. I do, but I can't really think of any right off the bat. But I just know that it's like. It's just psychological abuse where it's like it goes, like I said, a roundabout way. Yeah. But it like slowly eats away at you where you start to second guess your choices. Yeah. Pretty much. Like you second guess like everything that you do mm-hmm. and say. And yeah, I can't think of anything right yeah. off the bat, but. I still catch myself like making excuses for watching things like reality TV or liking oh, or liking popular I think you've done music. It with me. Yeah, or yeah. like liking someone like Taylor. Like I love Taylor Swift. <laughs> I, I love Taylor Swift, and but I I'm really always hate her. <laughs> I know, and I'm always trying to explain to people though. Like I, I'm sorry. I know I'm supposed to be punk rock, but I do love Taylor Swift. Like I should be ashamed of it. No, and it's like no, I fucking love Taylor Swift. I'm sorry. People are <laughs> I'm not <nuanced>. sorry. <laughs> yeah, like you're not in like a cookie cutter category. Like everyone is nuanced. Like I like a lot of random music too, and you know I don't like Taylor Swift or reality TV, but I'm not gonna be like. You're Darcy. stupid yeah. for Darcy, liking you're it. you're stupid. <laughs> Only dumb people like that. No. Yeah. Anyway, that's covert abuse. Like, ways to make you feel less than without outwardly saying right. that you're less than. Um, 25 is pity plays and sympathy stories. Oh, my God. I mean, he had, you would think he had the worst childhood of anybody yeah. in the history of childhoods. Right. And, I mean, he did have some shit. He had some shit happen mm-hmm. as a child. Um. But he would use that as the excuse for why he was so damaged, why he was so, why he couldn't stop drinking, why he couldn't get help, why he couldn't go for therapy. Like, I'm so damaged, no therapist could possibly, you know, fix all of this in me. Wow. Okay. (laughs) And actually, as it turns out, like, narcissism really can't be cured. No, it can't be. So he wasn't wrong, actually. (laughs) Right. um, and he did go for therapy, and I think that he just manipulated the therapist. Oh. Um, he told me once that his therapist told him that he should leave me. Yeah. And maybe she was, I'm, I'm like, the more I thought about it, I'm like. She was protecting you. She might have been thinking about yeah. protecting me. Because he apparently did tell her about, like, some of the affairs he was having and some of the stuff he had done. Yeah. And he was like, I feel, I feel so guilty. I feel like I should tell her. And her therapist was like, no, you should probably just leave her. Yeah. <laughs> His therapist was like, leave her because she doesn't deserve the right. shit that's happening to her right now. Right. Anyway. But yeah, I mean, you would, you would, I always felt and made so many excuses for him because of, oh, like, well, this happened between him and his father and this happened between him and his mother and right. that relationship has never been healed. And yeah, no, I know people that have been through way worse shit right. than he ever did. Right. And they picked themselves up and they did the work. And they're good people and they contribute good things to this world. Like, I mean, not to compare because everybody's trauma is their own, but it's not an excuse to be a piece of shit human. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, you hear those stories about people abusing people and then you, they give you like the backstory of their childhood and they're like, oh, well, they were molested when they were younger. And I'm like. That doesn't mean you could just turn around and like. Most of us were molested when yeah. we were younger. Like, I hate to say it. No, it's true. Yeah, it's so fucking true. And like, especially a women, lot of people don't talk about it. But mm-hmm. we, I don't turn around and go fucking molest kids now. No, like what the fuck? No, that's not an excuse for you to be mm-hmm. like an immoral, shitty fucking person. Yeah, you know. And mm-hmm. it's funny that you mentioned the therapist thing because like, he's never gone to therapy, but he lied to me about. That he was going. He that said he that was he was going, going. But it was his mistress and he was using her as like, oh, she's my therapist and that's why I'm talking to her for an hour every single day at Jesus. the same time. But also the same thing like um, when he finally broke it down to me and he's like, I don't love you anymore and mm-hmm. I want a divorce. He didn't mention the other person, but he's like, yeah, I don't think like, I think I was like, I think I need to just like end things. But then when 
he finally said that he was seeing a therapist, which wasn't a therapist. He's like, yeah, she thinks that I should leave you and use that. And I'm like, huh. so like now that's like a whole mind fucking yeah, itself. Your you know? girlfriend thinks you should leave me weird. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because later on when I found out that it wasn't a therapist and it was it's just like, somebody... well, that person he was seeing probably did think he should right. leave me. He just spun it that it was a therapist saying that. Like, right. Oh, but also it makes you step up. It's another it's a way of triangulating. Yep. Like. To make you step up your game. Like, oh, no. And I did. Yeah. Yeah. Like. I um, need to be a better wife so that your therapist doesn't think that you need to leave me. Yeah. Like, like putting out more. That was like a thing. Ugh. You know, like I maybe I wasn't like the main complaint was that I wasn't initiating sex. Yep. But I'm like, I don't initiate sex because you're not fucking here. Yeah. And then when you you're are so here, unavailable to me I'm emotionally, physically, yeah. in every way. Why would I initiate sex? Right. Like, then, you think I'm going to walk up to a homeless person on the street and be like, hey, buddy, want to fuck? <laughs> no. <laughs> because guess what? And, and guess what? That homeless person probably treats me better than you do right. just by being there. Right. <laughs> he smiles at me. He's like, not going to tell me I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> I wasn't even attracted to him, like, for the last couple of years of our marriage because I just was like, I think I, you know, I was just fed up. Mm-hmm. And I need emotional and intellectual. Yeah, we all do. You know, connection. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, recently figured out that I'm a demisexual or, or whatever. Yeah. And I need that. Like, yeah. if I don't have that closeness and that other parts of, you know, like mm-hmm. different levels of intimacy, mm-hmm. the sex part doesn't happen. I think we're all like that to on some extent. level. Yeah. You're like that. Like, you can't even have casual sex. I can't. I mean, yeah. I can have casual sex, but if I want a long-standing sexual relationship, if I need that too. I think right. we all do. Like, right. I think all... All humans need to feel connected to their partner of course. Um, in order for that sexual relationship to stay alive. But um, you you're you're a little you're that demisexual. So like you can't even just like get drunk and walk into. I mean, you don't get drunk anyway, but right. like I can do that. Like I can get drunk and like bring a dude just home yeah. and then like slap him in the ass and never see him again. <laughs> <laughs> like, bye, John. Yeah, <laughs> I actually did that with a guy that he said his name was John. I mean, <laughs> Um, I'm like, that's kind of fitting because I'm literally calling him John Doe. Like, yeah. his name probably wasn't even John. <laughs> Who the fuck knows? Uh, it's just because, like, I, I, like I like to give it my all, you know? Yeah. I, like, in sex, in relationships, like, you get all of me and I want it to be uninhibited. So I can't do that with a stranger. Uh-huh. And I can't do that with somebody who I don't know Yeah, on that level. So if I can't get to know you on that level, we're not going to fuck mm-hmm. That's it. I think I have to be drunk for that to happen, to be honest. That's true. Like, I have to have, like, my inhibitions, like... Kind of... Kind of dulled. Right. Um, <laughs> or yeah. not there. Yeah, or, like, just not there at all. Yeah. Because the only times I've ever done casual sex has been, like, when I'm extremely intoxicated. I think that eliminates that part for me, too, because there's mm-hmm. no room for accidents. You're, you're thinking more yeah. clearly. You're, you're, yeah. Your judgment isn't clouded or impaired. Exactly. Yeah. Or I can't use it as an excuse. Yeah. I'm like, I can't just act a fool because mm-hmm. I'm sober. <laughs> and I, I hate to say this, but, like, my current boyfriend mm-hmm. has been, like, my first, like, sober sex in... The dating world. I can't even... Yeah. I can't yeah. even, like... Or in general? Yeah. Maybe in Shit. general. I'm having a hard time remembering a time that I've had sex sober. Actually, I have a friend. I mean, the ex-husband and I did once he sobered up. I'm, yeah. I think we had sober sex a couple times. But even then, like, I had to get... At least I still, a glass of wine yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. I actually had a friend um, in, like, growing up. I, I We don't really talk much now, but um, she told me about, like, having, like, over 100 sex partners. But, like, mm-hmm. granted, like, that's fine, mm-hmm. you know, if that's what you want. But then she started telling me that every time she was drunk. Yeah. And that it wasn't always necessarily, like, she wasn't coherent a lot of times. And mm-hmm. I'm like... You know that that's not okay, right? Yeah. I'm like, that's not okay. Yeah. And you not remembering how many partners you had because everything's so blurred. Yeah. From just being intoxicated. That means you've been taken advantage of. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, it's either non-consensual or like you might have a problem. Right. Like, yeah. I don't think that's okay. I'm like, Mm -hmm. sex is supposed to be enjoyable. It's supposed to be amazing. It's supposed to be intimate. You're supposed to know who you're fucking. 
Yeah. I hope. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. Usually. Yeah. I mean, yeah, usually. I think it's okay to have a little bit of fun here and there. Like, yeah. But. But every time, To though. say, like, forever. Yeah. And I, it made me realize, like, that means that I haven't had, like, a true emotional connection that's right. linked to sex. Like, right. this is the first time in my life that I've had, like, true love and genuine emotional connection. Right. Before sex. It wasn't just physical. Yeah. 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 Usually wow. the sex kind of came first and I had right. to be drunk for that to happen. And then the emotional connection developed over time. So this is more, it's gone the other way around. So, mm-hmm. and maybe that's why I like it vanilla now because it's like truly there. I don't know. Okay. Here I go gushing about the boyfriend again. <laughs> um, You're allowed. <laughs> so 26, we need to move on. Cause yeah, like, holy oh, right. buckets, we're getting long. Oh yeah. We're getting really long. Um, <laughs> so the number 26 is the mean and sweet cycle. This one I like, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess for me, I feel like over the course of our marriage, I would always say like, oh, like we have peaks and valleys. Right. We go through a rough spot. We're going through a rough patch. Right. And I think we all say, like, I've heard that so many times re- right. in reference to marriage. Right. Um, and I feel like we would go through like ups and downs. And, but I mean, that was kind of normal, I guess. Maybe not. Maybe not. Like, as we've been talking about healthy relationships, it's not normal. Um, And he would be. Especially because you have nothing to compare to. So it's like, is it normal? Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like the, oh, okay. So overarchingly in our relationship and with friends, as I would like complain about our relationship, I had a few close friends I did that with. Like, he would like get really, really mean to me one day, like Mm -hmm. working on a project or like doing something and he would like lash out at me and get like really mean because he was frustrated and he'd take it out on me or he'd have a bad day at work and he'd come home and be frustrated and take it out on me Mm -hmm. and I would later be like hey like that really hurt me when you said that when you did that like blah 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 and he'd be like I'm so sorry I'll be better I won't do it again Mm -hmm. and he would be good just long enough for me to kind of Hook you back in. Forget and forgive. Mm -hmm. And then he would go back. And my friends would always say, like, he always says he's never going to do it again. And he's going to be better. And he's going to try harder. But Darcy, he does it again. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's true. Yeah. Um, For me, it's, it's like, at home and it's just the two of us. Mm -hmm. He's mean. Yeah. Like, he ignores me or very dismissive, very cold. Mm -hmm. And I'm, like, doting upon him. And I'm, like, oh, hey, baby. And, like, you know, kissing him and trying to, like, you know, bring him food or, like, try to cater to him so that I can Mm -hmm. get on his good, you know, good side, like, in his good graces. But when we're in public, Mm -hmm. he would be, like, doting upon me in front of his friends and family And then everyone would be like, oh, you guys have such an amazing chemistry and, like, amazing relationship. Or on the flip side, like, sometimes I would just be like, I'm not having this shit. Yeah. you just gave me shit for an hour prior to us being here, getting here to this party. And now all of a sudden you're in a good mood and you're, like, kissing on me and, like, you know, getting me a drink. It's like a switch that just flips on and off. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's like he's putting on a show for everybody. And, like, you could visibly, like, it's hard for me to hide my emotions so you could visibly see it on my face that I'm like what the fuck yeah and then it makes me look bad everyone thinks that I'm being a bitch and that like I'm just like like he's so good to you why are you being so mean to him why are you so dismissive of him and like why are you treating him this way and I'm like you have no fucking clue that leading up to this party that he was a complete dick to me yeah and he was so mean to me and we were fighting up until the point we walked through that door and then you know the show goes on like uh, here, here, here comes on. Here comes a charm. Yeah, yeah. It's a switch. Yeah, it's, it's a switch. I think. I mean, I've heard people refer to narcissistic personality disorder as like it's a switch that flips on and off. Like right. it is, they can turn their emotions on and off, and I think that's the mean and sweet cycle. It's, it is. It's the switch that flips. Yeah, and it's the crack in the mask too. You mm-hmm. you see it when you see that that flip happen. You're like, yeah. holy fuck! You just did a one eighty. Yeah. Like, Ooh. where did that come from? Yes. Um. 27. This person becomes your entire life. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't. Yeah. We I don't was, even need to get into it. It's like. Yeah. That's why we stayed so fucking long. Yeah. Like, I was so isolated from yeah. anything and everyone. Like even my best friend for like nearly two decades, he would be like, I don't like her. I don't want to spend time with her. Like. What the fuck? If she wanted to come visit, he'd be like, Ugh, why does she have to stay? She can't stay with us. She doesn't need to stay with us. Like. And he'd be like, I really don't like her. I don't want to spend time with her. 
And yeah, I mean, I just became so isolated that like even my closest friends, I really only could have like a phone relationship with because he didn't want to be around him. Oh my God. You know? And so I'd call like on my way to work so that like he wouldn't know how often I was talking to this person. And he even said like with that best friend, that specific best friend, he'd be like, gosh, it seems like you've been talking to so-and-so a lot. Like, maybe that's why, like, you're so unhappy right now and we're having problems. Yeah, because they can see him for what he is and he didn't like that. He couldn't put on a facade in front of them. So, yeah, I mean, it's that isolation. It's that, like, you're the only thing you can think about is how do I keep this person happy? Right. And, yeah, I mean, that's what happened for me. So, 28 is arrogance. I mean, again, Uh, like, oh, my God. Like, delusions of grandeur, like, I'm this, I'm I'm so smart, I'm so brilliant. Like, he loved to read. This man never even completed college. Couldn't, I did his math, I did his math class for (laughs) him in college. Like, he had um, a class that, like, all the assignments and tests were done online. This was before, like, online schooling was really a thing. But he did have, like, all of his assignments and tests were done online. Mm -hmm. And... I literally did it for him. Wow. That's why he passed math in college. Like, oh, my God. But he was the smartest person he knew. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, And he made sure you knew it. Like, through the whole, like, oh, like, how can you listen to Taylor Swift? Like, that's not real music. Right. That's not real music. Right. How could you listen to that? That's not real music. Real music takes real musicians and here's real music. Anything on the radio is not real music. Only dumb people listen to the radio. <laughs> like, oh my God. Or he could talk about like quantum physics because he read a Stephen Hawking book. Like, I'm oh, sorry. Lord. My brother is an actual physicist. You are not the <laughs> smartest person on the planet. Thank you. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, the arrogance. Oh my God. They yeah. think they are the... The shit. Yeah. And they think they're smarter than everyone around them. Yeah. That was another thing when, um, like, the relationship really started to unravel and, like, we were really considering, like, calling it quits is that he never outwardly said that you'll never do better than me or, like, he just would be like, I'm the shit. Like, yeah. look, look at me. I have my shit together. I have a career. You know, I, I, I have a car. Like, he would, like, list all the things that he had. He's like, you're not going to ever find someone like me. Oh, my God. But, like, not – he didn't say those exact words, but it it was basically that, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm, and it would really make me second guess because I'm, I'm thinking, like, you're probably right. Mm-hmm. You know, like, this is it for me yeah. because, like, I'm getting older. I don't – I'm not in school. So it's, like, me – the chances of me finding someone organically. Yeah, like, how would I even meet people? Right. And how would I even do this all over again? Yeah. Like, no one's going to want to date me. Like, yeah. They really make you feel like If this you is leave, it. you'll be alone. Or, like, you know. Or that being alone isn't even okay. Not even being alone, but you're – like, no one will ever live up to yeah. them. Ugh. And it's true, <laughs> not in the sense that they – not in the sense that they think. I'm like, yeah, no one will ever live up to you because – I've healed and yeah. I will never allow somebody to treat me the way yeah. you did. Like you the know? thought of, yeah. Oh, I mean, I, and mine has such arrogance. He's so full of himself that he even thinks that he still thinks that there's a chance that I could take him back. Oh, oh yeah. The words have yes. come out of his mouth so many times. I can't, Ugh. I never thought you'd actually leave me. I never thought you'd actually leave wow. me. Like there's Shut so the much air ar- that that phrase is just dripping with arrogance. It's so gross. Like I thought I could do anything to you and you would never actually leave right. me. Wow. Just wow. He has said that. And he even last week I got a I could just move home, right? No. What? <laughs> like what? No bitch. No. No. Get the fuck out of here. No. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No. That's so arrogant to yeah. think. Yeah. Like, nah, chill. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, chill, bro. Um, 29, backstabbing gossip that changes on a whim. Um, I don't, I have a hard time with this one. I mean, he talked shit about everybody. Right. They talk shit about everybody. And then for me, it was like family gossip. Mm -hmm. Yes, very much. So, you know, he would talk shit about every single person in his family. But then on the flip side, like, if I if I kind of like observe that kind of behavior, I'd be like, oh yeah, because you know, ex she she or he did this, mm-hmm. and I did see that, and yeah, like I can see where you're coming from with that, and like I'm noticing that that characteristic about this person, and then they'll be like, oh, but that's my family, 
and like they're like oh like all of a sudden like the, he would sympathize and it would flip it would huh. go from like oh this person's so horrible to being like oh but they're my family and you shouldn't talk to them you shouldn't yeah. talk about them like, like that they're my blood I'm gonna defend them yeah right Ugh. all of a sudden it's like not okay for us to engage in that conversation but it's okay if if it's on his terms yeah if it's on his terms it's okay if he initiates it it's fine but if i'm like oh yeah fuck that person they're like he's like, he's like no. that's my family don't yeah. talk shit don't come for my family <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh my god um 30 your feelings going from natural love and compassion to overwhelming panic and anxiety i mean i all feel like this just kind of encompasses the whole thing fucking all the time yeah though. like my entire relationship was just pure fucking panic and anxiety and towards the end the last few years i would have mini panic attacks just in the middle of the night mm-hmm. and i would text him i'm like i feel like you're cheating on me again yeah and he's like it's okay like and he would he would actually like respond in a very nice way and like soothe and he's like you know like like kind of like shoot logic at me mm-hmm. and be like, no, I'm with, I'm at, you know, I'm at a show. This is what I'm doing for work and doing mm-hmm. this. And he would kind of like ease me, but that uneasiness never left me. Yeah. It, that anxiety was so high and mm-hmm. I just knew it was like my gut telling me that something wasn't right. Yeah. And that I needed to get out. Yeah. And no matter how much he soothed me, it just wouldn't go away. Mm-hmm. And I recently um, was going through anxiety and phobias with my therapist and Hmm. I'm actually working through a workbook and reading different chapters of like panic attacks, general anxiety disorder. Yeah, like I'm actually doing like a workbook and working with her chapter Mm -hmm. by chapter and I've come to the realization I don't really have anxiety anymore. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, some people have like a chemical imbalance where they have anxiety, but I think a lot of times, I'm no doctor, so I can't say all the time, but I think a lot of times anxiety is your body's way of saying something's not right. Right. Even if it's not, even if your anxiety in that moment isn't related, like I had crazy anxiety towards the end of my marriage. Like, I mean, I live in Minnesota, so the roads get kind of bad in the wintertime, but mm-hmm. I grew up in this. Like, right. I know how to drive in snow and ice and crappy roads. Right. But I, w- and I never used to have anxiety about it. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, normal, healthy anxiety to be safe, yes. Right. But, like, I started, like, there'd be, like, a couple of patches of ice on the road, and I couldn't drive oh, shit. without having, like, a full-blown panic attack or imagining the car in front of me rolling and spinning out. Like, I would actually start to imagine worst case scenarios and almost visualize it. Wow. And so it was manifesting in different ways. Yeah. yeah. And so even though like that, I couldn't connect that anxiety to that. My, there was stress in my marriage. Right. But right. I have to tell you, like ever since I got out of my marriage, never again have I had that kind of anxiety where I'm just yeah. like imagining worst case scenarios in every walk of life. Right. Um, like I would imagine things like, I'd be at work and I'd be like, what if I like had a heart attack right now and just fell over? Oh, like shit. that was the weirdest kind of anxiety. Like I didn't know how to, it was. Well, it makes sense because you were in a high anxiety relationship and situation. So mm-hmm. your body was in constant fight or flight. Yeah. Like even though it's not actually a fight or flight situation where you're yeah. not like being attacked by a predator, mm-hmm. but like. Your body is reacting in the same My way. My brain was yeah. creating worst case scenarios. Right. And that's constantly. Why. You were yeah. like freaking out in other and it was manifesting in other aspects mm-hmm. of your life, but like it's kinda hard to connect that. So I feel like a lot of times like if you do work with your therapist, like I think you can pinpoint like where it's stemming from. Mm-hmm. And for me, it, I like had like a light bulb moment and I'm like I, I mean, I have like general anxiety here and there for like you know, like normal things like, oh, mm-hmm. I have a call with my boss. Like, I'm a little anxious about that. Or like, oh, I have to make this appointment on time because, you know, if I don't, then I'll miss it. So mm-hmm. like general anxiety about that. But when I like actually get get down to it, I'm like, I don't have panic attacks anymore. Yeah. And I never were, I was never prone to panic attacks prior to right. all of that either. So Same. when I was thinking about it, I was like, I don't have this. I don't have yeah. any of this. Yeah. And she's like, that's great. And, I, and yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I think it was all <laughs> situational. I think it was circumstantial. Mm-hmm. And I think because I removed myself from that situation, I don't have it yeah. nearly as bad. You know, yeah. like I have bouts of it here and there. But yeah. Yeah. I've heard that from so many people too. So crazy. Like so many people that have been through, you know, traumatic 
relationships yeah and come out the other side um i've heard them say the same i've heard that over and over again like that is the story of like i couldn't believe like how much anxiety just lifted yeah when that person was out of my life so calm like i am like super chill now yeah and i never thought that i was this person Mm -hmm. i always thought that the anxiety and like the paranoia i thought that that was who i was right like that's me there's something broken inside me right yeah and I needed to get help and I needed mm-hmm. to be on medication. Granted, there are people who need the medication. Yeah. There are people that yeah, have like a true chemical imbalance. And right. yes, so not to like devalue not to down- that. Yeah, not to downplay it. <laughs> yeah. No, but I was willing to go and get medication and like get the help that I needed. Mm-hmm. But then once it ended and like all of that subsided, I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Let, let me reassess because I'm like, that wasn't me. And that's why I think it's so important if you are getting on and again, I'm not a doctor. This is just my personal right. opinion. No medical advice here. <laughs> just my personal opinion. I think I th- I feel that it's really important to partner. And I think your doctor, most doctors say the same thing. Like that if you are going to get on any kind of medication like antidepressants or anti-anxiety medication, mm-hmm. it's they also highly encourage you to seek therapy. therapy. Yeah. Because a, a, tr- a good therapist that's the right fit for you will help you uncover is this a chemical imbalance or is this situational is there something environmental that we need to fix or something from your childhood that we need to address like they're going to help you identify if it's you know something that can be worked on within yourself yeah and Um, medication only works i think if you coincide it with therapy yeah i think so if you do standalone of either Mm -hmm. and you need both then it's not going to work right yeah right yep well, that wraps that up. Yeah. That is our secret. And that's the end of our season. Like, we're going to go <laughs> ice fishing today to Yay! celebrate the end of our season. <laughs> I'm maybe, so excited. Maybe even snowmobiling tomorrow. I've never been snowmobiling. I have not done either. So I'm I know. super I'm excited. Super, I'm going to be so excited if we get to go snowmobiling tomorrow. Yeah. And I haven't seen you in like a year. Almost. Yeah, yeah. Like almost a year since yeah, the Arizona was... girls trip. Yep. We got yeah. back from that on March 1st of 2020. Yeah. It's and then been, the world exploded. Yeah. And the world ended. Um, we're living in the apocalypse now. So. Yeah. Yeah. Or there so was an think. asteroid. Dinosaurs are walking the earth again. <laughs> There's zombies. I don't know what's out there. I mean, you just drove across the country. Did you see zombies or dinosaurs? I mean, I drove through <laughs> Ohio, so. <laughs> zombies? <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry if you live in Ohio. We hate, on, we hate on Ohio so much. Uh, oh, we, we haven't, like, publicly hated on Ohio, but here we go. Well, like, for me, like, I've always flown over Ohio. I'm yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, it's just a flyover state. Yeah. But we drove through it, and I was like, there's a whole lot of uh, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, how was Wisconsin? Wisconsin is one of my favorite states to Wisconsin drive across. Wisconsin was cute. I mean, we it's prettier drove in the dark. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. It was dark, um, yeah. and it is prettier in like the summertime when everything is right. green. Because I think where you're at, you you probably have a lot more evergreen trees. Like when you're driving through, um, like Pennsylvania and um, no, like, like we have more... a lot of deciduous trees, so a okay. lot of them are bare. I mean, we okay. do have evergreens like sprinkled in but. yeah i feel like pennsylvania and wisconsin look very similar when you're oh, driving through in the summertime like there's just so much like lush it's lush yeah. yes yes yeah. and it's hilly and yes pretty and well that's the thing with ohio is that it's very flat and i was like there isn't really a lot of terrain to break up the visual mm-hmm. you know like it's not very visually stimulating yeah yeah that's so nebraska too oh. nebraska is just like flat cornfields yeah i think it's pretty in its own way because you can right. see for miles and miles and miles right. like i think it has its own beauty i find i try to find beauty in everything but of ohio course. would be a, a stretch for me i mean we, we <laughs> stayed in toledo and that was actually kind of nice and holy we... toledo <laughs> oh my god i had to i'm sorry <laughs> Sorry. They wrote that in the hotel too. It said holy Toledo. Oh my god. <laughs> I was like, what is I this? would be like laughing what for hours this? about that. <laughs> like we're in, in Toledo. I just made a face. I looked at it's it. It's like, like Boise really? Boise like really owns the potato. Like they own the potato thing. Like yeah. I think about one year, I mean, I know this is totally unrelated, but like <laughs> About towns, like, really owning their stereotype and being cheesy oh, AF yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, Boise does a potato drop for New Year's. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Like, they, they build a giant potato 
and like just like pretty like New York does the ball drop. Yeah, Boise does a giant potato drop. Why don't we drop an apple? What's up with yeah, that? Yeah, why isn't it an apple? Well, because right? it's not for the city; it's for the world. Oh, right. <laughs> That's true. They're doing it for the world. That's true. Yeah, You're right. They're not just doing. Boise's doing it just you know to for be Boise. Boise. <laughs> like they're like we're Idaho. We love our potatoes, and we're gonna do a giant potato yeah. drop. <laughs> I really wish I would have gone to that when I when I covered Idaho for um, my previous position, but ah, darn it! Someday, let's yeah. go next year. Let's, let's go it. to the potato drop in Idaho. Let's do it. I'm down. Yeah, I, I think yeah. Like I think we actually should. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's a girls' trip. Yeah, we could we'll do go like to the a potato camping drop. trip because um because by then everyone will have the vaccine, so hopefully right. Boise will be doing their potato hopefully. drop. Yeah. Also, Idaho doesn't think that COVID exists, so I'm sure they're probably they probably did it this year. Who I'm knows? sure you'll be able to social distance in Idaho. Yeah, I, I don't think we'll have a problem with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, we'll figure it. out. I'm just wondering if they'll even have it. Like, but they'll have oh, it. Oh, right, right. They'll have it because they don't think it exists, and we'll be able to social distance because it'll be outside, so we can watch the potato drop. Yeah, girls trip. Yay! <laughs> with that, um, speaking of girls trips, you're right here in front of me. Let's end this recording and get the hell out of here. And we'll talk to everyone else in a few weeks, probably. Yeah. We'll keep you posted on all, you know, all of our social media platforms. You can find us on First Wives Pod. And if you have any questions or if you wanted to ask any, you know, like share stories or ask questions about previous episodes, we'd be more than happy to answer them. Um, It's firstwivespod at gmail.com. Yep. Perfect. Perfect. And with that... We bid you adieu. Thank you. We love you. Thanks for listening. Just kidding. Temporarily. Temporarily. (laughs) Bye. Bye.